Hey everybody and welcome to Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network presents Marking Out the Days presented by one half of the Retrosexuals, I guess we'll go with that this week. Um, yeah, one half of the Retrosexuals, Kobe Nida, and as always, I'm joined here with kicking out at Two's Mayor, Dave Rosenbluth. Dave Rosenbluth. Yeah, what's That's going on? That's right. That is me. Oh, I should have let you do the introduction. I'm such an asshole. You're good. <laughs> good. Sometimes, Sometimes I, I, I do am, leave like a blank there for listener or for the co-host, and uh, yeah, I, I'm terrible at that. I'm still working on no, it two okay. years later, everybody. No, it's all good. It's all good. We'll, 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 we'll find a good rhythm. I think we've, we've done pretty good so far with ourselves. But, um, yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Excited for uh, this week's recording and, uh, you know, a lot to, lot to get into. A lot of interesting stuff that took place in the world of wrestling on March the 7th. Oh, yes. Um, a fair amount of birthdays. Fortunately, some people passed away on this date. Somebody wasn't wearing their pants when they went to work. We'll get into that in a little bit. Um, <laughs> All of that and then some when it comes to March the 7th in the history of professional wrestling. But I'm doing pretty good, man. Good, good, good. It's freezing cold over here in Maryland. Uh, how's it over there in Connecticut? Oh, it's not that much different. It's not that much different. It's cold. Um, got a fair amount of snow earlier this week. Um, and uh, it was it, it accumulated pretty nicely. Um, and it warmed up a little bit after the storm. But um, it's it's been pretty cold for the rest of the week. They're saying mm. next week we're going to be in the 40s. So in Connecticut, that's a fucking tropical heat wave. Nice, nice. Yeah, same with <laughs> so, Maryland. I'll be so wearing yeah. shorts yeah. and a hoodie. Yeah, uh, I, got, I got my flip-flops dusted off, ready to go. So Yeah, just gearing up for the summer solstice, getting ready for uh, WrestleMania. Everybody's heating up for WrestleMania, rather, should I say. Um, yeah. And speaking of that, what's going on at Kicking Out at 2? Well, in my neck of the woods this week, we just dropped um, the return of the My Favorite series covering Daniel Bryan's March to WrestleMania titled Yeslemania 30. My good buddy Donnie uh, joins me as we sit down and discuss that storyline at great length. And then we watch both of the Daniel Bryan WrestleMania 30 matches, the opening bout with Triple H and then the championship match he was involved in with Randy Orton and Batista at the end of the night. We watch both of those on the WWE Network. So... If you're going to download it, you might as well have a little fun and watch along with us. Hit that hit that uh, you know mute button on your TV. Enjoy the alternate commentary by us. Have your WWE Network ready to go. Um, yeah, WrestleMania 30. And next week on Kicking Out at 2, we will be bringing you part one of a two-part series of our WrestleMania MVPs. My brother Justin joined me. We sat down and we discussed WrestleManias 1 through 17 from 85 to 2001. We gave you our MVPs. We've got some cowboy picks, some really wild West out there kind of MVP choices so be on the lookout for that next week over on kicking out at two very and, cool uh, if and by like MVP to, if like sorry to, to sorry to cut you off by no, MVP okay. what, what do you mean like the the most valuable wrestler or uh, professional wrestler most valuable well, MVPW the correct the, the criteria for, for the for the WrestleMania MVPs on kicking out at two is kind of widespread. Um, we, it could be a particular superstar's performance. It could be a match. It could be a moment. Um, you, you'd be surprised at some of the MVP okay. choices in part one. Very cool. So um, be on the lookout for that. But, yeah, it's kind of widespread. Tried to take a... Um, 
a professional sports approach with it in some regard. Uh, you know, the NFL and the Super Bowl, Major League Baseball, NHL Stanley Cup, the NBA Finals, they all have MVPs in their championship games. So I thought, uh, wouldn't it be rather interesting if uh, we gave you uh, WrestleMania MVPs uh, for the big championship game, so to speak, uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl of pro wrestling? Nice, nice. Very cool, man. Uh, looking forward to that. Yeah, so you could... Yeah, you can check that out next week. Uh, all the archive shows are up over at uh, SoundCloud.com as well as our social media, Facebook.com forward slash Kicking Out of Two. And our Twitter handle is at Kicking Out Two, K-I-C-K-N-O-U-T, and the number two. And WrestleMania weekend, when we launch the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean, you will find the entire back backlog of all the Kicking Out at Two episodes and, uh, and many other shows that we got uh, rolling through our Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. That's right, yep. And uh, Retromania right now, uh, I, I will be honest, I'm in school, I'm a little busy, so the Gaijin Wrestling Radios have been recorded, I just need to edit them, and then, uh, you know, put them out into the world. Um, <laughs> so, bear with me, everybody. But uh, we're getting there, and then we're... It could be like a Netflix binge. Yeah, and then we're gonna, we're gonna launch... Uh, like you said, WrestleMania weekend, and I can't wait. Everybody look forward to it on Podbean. We're going to have the back archive of everything that Retromania has done. That's Origin of Attitude, all the bonus stuff that we've done with guests. They talk about their favorite or not-so-favorite storylines, matches, events, and or feuds over here, and that's what we, we did with the those bonus episodes, Jimmy and I, and then we have Hulkamania is Dead, the alternate storyline. That will be coming out soon, uh, guaranteed this month, March, you'll have an episode of Hulkamania is Dead, and then I'll be dropping all that Gaijin Wrestling Radio, and then, brother, 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 it's the launch on Podbean. Get ready, because it's going to be consistent there. We're going to have Retromania, Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Hulkamania is Dead, kicking out it to everything that D Dave does, as well as Dave... Let's 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 reintroduce everybody to the new podcast coming in, the run in. They're running in right now. Yeah, BZ Carter and uh, Tito Martinez from the Pro Wrestling Edge Facebook group. They're going to be launching the run-in WrestleMania weekend with us. Um, they're going to do a, the, from what I understand, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll have more information as the weeks go by, but. Um, it's going to be a debate-style show. Tito and BZ are going to be debating and discussing uh, current events in professional wrestling, whether it's behind the scenes or in front of the camera. Um, it's going to have like a very ESPN, pardon the interruption, kind of vibe to it. I like that. Um, so you can you could be on the lookout for the run-in coming WrestleMania weekend. And uh, following WrestleMania weekend, I should know more from those gentlemen as to when we'll have a regular um regular rotation a schedule of shows i know that both guys are very busy in their own personal lives but they want to make sure that they launch this uh first episode for wrestlemania weekend so uh when we know more i'll make sure everyone else knows more as well awesome yeah i look forward to that and i'm wondering like if they're gonna i've been listening to a lot of c-span radio the past couple months and i'm well, i'm wondering if they're gonna do it like politicians do it's like i reserve my time for this segment uh, to debate you on the next segment and then just, you know, filibuster. 
I don't, I don't know if it's going to be that eloquent. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> okay. One, one's from Tennessee and one's from Springfield, Massachusetts. Yeah, we're so talking got, about trying to link up and talk <laughs> and uh, our times are, are yeah. I, I'm still trying to get yeah. a hold of them, but we, we've, we've communicated via Facebook. So can't wait for the run in. And uh, yeah, everything on Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Dave, you ready to get into and, this day? Yeah, before I do, just uh, let all you podcasters out there know that, listen, if you got a wrestling podcast and you want to be a part of the fun with the Retromania Pro Wrestling yes, Podcast indeed. Network, then drop us a DM, uh, hit us up, and uh, show us what you got. We'd love to have you on board and add to the family, the buffet of pro wrestling podcasts, if you will. So, uh, yes, you, will. you know, yeah, do your thing. Let us know what's going on, and uh, we hope to hear from you soon. But, yeah, let's, Kobe, let's, uh, l- let's get into this day, if you will. March the 7th in professional wrestling history, birthdays. Um, on this date let's begin with uh, uh from 1959 march the 7th 1959 sergeant craig the pitbull pitman was born um, i just remember him the, coming down with that like harness right in wcw he did it before uh sean michaels the he came, what was that he, the, the, he like came out of the like the top of the building in a WCW match. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. Wow. Yeah. I just remember he came out with Teddy Long, and those were the times where, like, I didn't, like, I, I didn't, I wasn't into him. Like, no. to me, like, you know, the military, I mean, he was a good athlete, okay, and he brought a lot of intensity um, to, to the matches, but he was, like, to me, he was like a, uh, you know, a dollar store Sergeant Slaughter. Like, Sergeant Slaughter did the military thing when it came to wrestling, and, like, everyone else that followed him just didn't really measure up, and that's where I saw Craig Pittman. Sorry. Yeah, yeah agreed. All right, uh, moving on. But definitely try to check out that uh, him. I'll, I'll look it up. He's definitely getting propelled from the top, just like Sting would, but okay. it's from, like, a military. Like, he sneaks up behind somebody in the ring, while he's oh, coming wow. down the, the and chokes him out. Okay. <laughs> All right. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I will. Yeah. Yeah. If you put that. Yeah. Put that up on the uh, the, the Retromania social media. And, I definitely uh, will. I'll check it out if you if you can find yeah. it. Um, our next birthday comes from 1963. An individual who I got the pleasure to meet last weekend uh, at the Something to Wrestle 83 Weeks Live Show. Happy birthday to Bruce Pritchard, uh, brother love, if you will. Um, oh. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> Well, <laughs> was that like Paul Bear saying "I love you"? Yeah, that, that sounded like a that sounded like a Paul Bear saying. I, I was. In a, I mean, the, the connection's there. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, how was that? <laughs> by the way, I had a lot of fun. I really did. Um, it's my first live show seeing them. Um, they told some funny stories. They told some some stories that you can't tell on the podcast. Bischoff told a story how about how he walked in on Dennis Rodman having sex with Carmen Electra nice. um, in a hotel. Uh, Bruce Pritchard told a story about how he smoked crack cocaine with Roddy Piper and Jake the Snake Roberts in a bathroom of a Stanford Marriott. Nice. He had no idea it was crack cocaine. Um, they told some some fun stories. Uh, some stuff I've heard on the podcast. Um, 
you know, like I got to meet them. My wife got me the meet and greet, the VIP. So I got to meet them beforehand and uh, not to toot my own horn, but um, my buddy Donnie, who was a part of the My Favorites Daniel Bryan show this week on Kicking Out of Two, he designed the um, the Kicking Out of Two hoodie that um, is up on the, uh, that I wear that's up on the uh, our social media. And uh, Eric Bischoff was the first person to notice it when I got up to the to meeting them. And he, he was like, man, that is a sweet hoodie you got there. And that just made my night. He put it over. So, I mean, that was cool. And That's awesome. Um, didn't get a chance to chat with the didn't get a chance to chat with them too much because I didn't want to be one of those fans that like, you know, takes up the whole time. But I just let them know that like their shows are an inspiration for me to podcast and reminisce about the past in wrestling. And, you know, I thanked them and they were very thankful. Conrad didn't really say too much. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if he doesn't really care for the spotlight or, um, you know, he's just a busy guy trying to orchestrate the whole the whole process with the show but um you know bruce was very nice bischoff like i said put over my hoodie conrad thanked me for coming and you know that was that but cool. um yeah had a lot of fun and uh my wife came um originally she, it was, originally she was gonna gamble in the casino and then when she realized that you know i was gonna be gone for five hours she was like you know what i'll just buy a ticket so she bought a ticket um general admission and uh she came after the, the vip meet and greet and she enjoyed the show for the most part, although there were a couple of guys that sat behind us that were just so obnoxious. It was like, there was this one guy that, like, I don't know if he had too much to drink or whatever the case was, but um, anytime somebody said something, like, he laughed at everything. He laughed at everything. Before the before Bruce or Eric or any one of them delivered the punchline to the joke, he laughed at it. And it was, like, to the point where it was like, all right, dude, like, I get it. You're having a good time, but, like it's not that funny, you know, or you right. know, just shut up, like, yeah. you know, and then just, you know, guys were, you know, they asked questions. It was a big Q and a session. So a lot of people got to ask questions and, um, they were just yelling all kinds of did stuff. Like it was, it was rather annoying. I did. Yeah. Um, I got to, I got to, uh, ask a question. Um, Shuley from the Howard Stern show. Um, he was a regular on the Howard Stern show. I should say he's a comedian. Uh, he, um, he was the one that was kind of emceeing the event. Mm -hmm. So he opened up for them and, uh, told, he told, actually, he told a funny story. Um, he's been, uh, he used to manage the iron Sheik for like his public appearances and they were sitting in a diner, um, you know, after a show one night and, Shuley and his crew were asking Iron Sheik all these questions about his career, and so Shuley says to him, he goes, he goes, Sheik, who's the, um, who's the, uh, the, who's the number, he goes, who's the, the, the biggest pecker checker that you've ever come across in your entire career? And Shuley goes, without hesitation, Iron Sheik goes, Pat Patterson, number one. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so that was pretty funny. But yeah, um, so they came around and uh, asked, so I asked this, this question, to, it was for, it was to Bischoff, um, regarding the night of the finger poke of doom and Mick Foley's world title win going head to head. And, um, I had asked Bischoff was the bigger mistake, not constructing or producing the main event of nitro to bleed into raw's overrun. Um, or was it still a major mistake to, you know, give away the results to Foley's title win? And, um, he thought it was an inch. He said, he goes, I don't like to think hypothetically or, you know, hindsight being 2020, but that's, you know, um, that's not a bad, uh, that's not a bad, I forget what he said, but not like a, because that's not a bad question and something to ponder, but I'm still a hundred percent confident that, you know, I shouldn't have informed Tony Schiavone to give away the results, uh, of Mick Foley's title when, um, 
But yeah, basically, yeah. you know, Nitro at the time they used to, they were they were owned by the network, so it's not like the net, they had to pay the network to, you know, for for extra airtime. And maybe if they bleated, you know, the finger poke main event into the the Raw overrun because Raw used to. Uh, go off the air at like 11.07 Eastern Standard Time mm -hmm. um, that maybe people wouldn't have turned over as much to the, the, the Mick Foley title win. But Bischoff was pretty confident that uh, that was a major mistake and that was probably the, the, the biggest mistake he had made um, in the Monday Night Wars at that time. Very cool, man. Very cool. Um, that's cool that you're... Did she like it? That your wife went? She, like I said, she had fun and thought, like, you know, um, the show was good aside from the assholes behind us that were just constantly. Right, right. And my wife's got the worst luck. I mean, she watches wrestling with me every from time to time. She's not into it like she used to be when we first met, um, but she'll watch it with me from time to time. And, uh, you know, she's had the worst luck going the last few shows where there's just somebody that's just obnoxious behind us and like screaming in her mm. ear. And it takes everything for my wife not to turn around and be like, just shut the fuck up. Yeah. So at one point she looked over at me and said, you owe me. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, well, this was my this was my Christmas gift from you. And I didn't tell you you had to come. But, yeah, I get it. I understand. So, you know, like any good husband, I'm sure I'll I'll be uh, I'll be paying her back in some form or fashion going <laughs> to something that, you know, doesn't really uh, fancy my taste. But, yeah, yeah, yeah she had a good time boys are back you know, on we, tour. It was a nice. Yes, and new kids on the block as well. So um, I'm sure that you know I'll be uh, I'll lo I'll lose my shirt paying for those tickets at some point um, in the very near future. But yeah, she had, she had fun. It was a fun night out at the casino. So you know, Bruce Pritchard, happy birthday, my friend. Yes, happy birthday, Bruce Pritchard. Um, I think is he involved with the creative now? Can we talk about this? Is is uh, yeah, uh, uh, briefly. Um, from, there was a lot, and there were, that's another thing, too, about that show. There was a lot of, you know, creative questions asked. Um, he did confirm that he produced the Batista segment with Ric Flair, um, but his role is kind of undefined, as he liked to put it, where um, I, I kind of, he's not full-time, so to speak, or I guess he is, but, like, he's not head of the creative team. Um, he didn't even say, he didn't even really say if he was, like, Vince's right-hand man, but if if I'm a betting man, he's probably in that Pat Patterson role where he's like he he works the special events, he'll work TV, um, but he's not you know he's not going to the office every week. He's not you know right. on the road every single week. He's kind of that like consigliere kind of role where like they go to him for ideas and input, and maybe he'll produce a match or he'll produce a segment. But um, he kind of talked about it, and the live shows are probably going to suffer he probably won't be doing the live shows but the podcast he said there, it's still going to be a go so that was that was what i cared about more than anything so <laughs> and i was fortunate enough that you know this was one of the last times he's going to do a live show and i got to be there for it so it's pretty cool nice yeah so um let's move on with these birthdays here coming in at uh coming in next 1972 um, Major Guns, who is known as Tyleen Buck, an adult hey. film star that worked as a valet for WCW. Um, she was a member of the NWO Silver and Black 2000. She was one of Scott Steiner's hoochies at one Barbara point. Barbara Bush, and then, too? Uh, no, that's a different okay. lady. Oh, Tyleen yeah, Buck. Barbara oh, Bush she was in porn. Never mind. 
Yeah, she, yeah. You Google her, you'll see, you'll see a lot. You'll see her, her extra special talents for sure. <clears throat> yeah, um, <laughs> I remember her. We'll, we'll leave slash it. Slash still no. What? Hello? Go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm here. I'm still yeah, here. Okay. Um, yeah, she, she was, she was, uh, she was uh, also a member of uh, the Misfits in Action, mm -hmm. hence the name Major Guns. And uh, yeah, and oh, and then she, she eventually became a member of Team Canada with Lance Storm, Elix Skipper, yes. and fucking Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so um, yeah, th those are those are her wrestling highlights, as far as I'm concerned. Um, not even the best looking chick, I would say. She kind of had like a, not to, and it's customary that we do this on the show but we shit on people on their birthdays and <laughs> she's another one that like you know she 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 wasn't the best looking either. nice like nice looking body but you know her face like yeah she she's get the she gets the pillowcase treatment as far as i'm concerned <laughs> nice dave that's why she's important because yeah. they focus on other parts anyhow uh other yeah, areas, yeah but she was memorable for her other that set of lips yeah, she was memorable for that um <laughs> Being a fitness model, transition, porn star, athlete, you know, type of stuff that they start doing from, like, the mid-90s into the mid-2000s, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Even still so, now, it's fitness then, models. Yeah, fitness models is a nice way of saying, like, it's like an internship in porn, <laughs> <laughs> if you think about it. But um, moving on with these birthdays, um, the very first WWE UK uh, heavyweight champion, uh, former NXT tag team champion, one half of Mustache Mountain, Tyler Bate was born on this date in 1997. Um, Jesus. Only, yeah, I know, makes me feel old. Um, he, uh, you know, limited... Uh, limited amount of time i've got to you know uh watch him um from his time you know i first my first exposure to him was you know wwe's uh nxt uk and the uk tournament with uh, him and pete Dunne a couple of years ago um really innovative uh talented performer and uh someone who um has got a bright future within the wwe umbrella with the nxt uk brand agreed uh i feel old and uh, coming up with our death days here, unfortunately, we have two people that have passed. Uh, let's go to 1989. Um, Bruce Pritchard's mentor and the guy who got him started in the wrestling business, Paul Bosch, mm. passed away on this date in 1989. Um, Paul Bosch, you know, the famous promoter for Houston Wrestling. Um, if you guys ever want to hear some history about Paul Bosch and Houston Wrestling, you guys got to check out that Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard yes. podcast on his time in Houston Wrestling. It's one of my favorite episodes of all time. I will also um, recommend if you have MLW Radio podcast, if you have their premium subscription, which I did, uh, they did a History in the Making series. But they have Paul oh, Bosch really? in the Houston, Texas area. I ha I learned so much from that, and it was uh, Court Bauer and Matt Farmer, a former wrestler okay. and uh, promoter as well. But uh, they they don't do it anymore. Didn't update. Uh, that was the whole reason I subscribed. It was a great podcast. They have plenty of episodes okay. though. Um, I will. Uh, I learned a lot about Paul Bosch in the Houston area. Definitely very influential promoter to Vince McMahon too. Yeah, yeah. Um, there are a, lo a lot of great stories that I've heard um, regarding the Houston wrestling promotion and, and uh, Paul Bosch and the guys that went through um, 
like for instance i never knew this until like a, like a couple of years ago but ivan putzky's not really polish mm -hmm. he's from texas and he went to the wwf and they turned him into the polish power ivan putzky and then when they brought him back to houston he was shit all over because the fans in houston saw him on wwf tv and it was like wait a minute you're not polish <laughs> uh so that kind of like ruined ivan putzky's career um so to speak yeah so um, great stories from Houston Wrestling. Paul Bosch, a very influential promoter um, and one of the, the last promoters um, during the territory era to uh, eventually you know, succumb to the national expansion yeah. that was the World Wrestling Federation. And um, rounding out our, our death days here from two years ago, 2017, on this date, the outlaw Ron Bass had passed away. Um, my only... My only uh, uh, memories of Ron Bass is when he took the cowboy, the spur from his cowboy boot, and he 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 cut up Brutus Beefcake's forehead pretty good, resulting in Beefcake being pulled from the Intercontinental Title match at the very first SummerSlam. Damn, um, I didn't resulting, know that. Result, yeah, that was a big angle on TV. They had a they had a storyline, and um, I don't remember if um, if Beefcake cut his hair first. And then he was attacked, or outlaw Ron Bass attacked him, took him out, and then he got the haircut. But eventually, later, Beefcake would get. I think it's. I, I think it was after he got attacked. Uh, but yeah, Ron Bass um, uh, went to the barber shop after uh, taking the, the cowboy boot spur uh, to Beefcake's forehead. And if you go back and you watch that clip, I believe it was on a. I want to say it might have been on a Saturday night's main event, mm. but it was the first time that, like, they put, like, a big X across the screen and wrote censored, and they were trying to cover up the blood. Um, Ooh, big from, angle uh, for WWF. Yeah, that was pretty big at that time. So, uh, yeah, that's that's my only memory of the outlaw Ron Bass. I know he's had some time in, like, Crockett, and, and, and he was a mainstay in a lot of the southern territories, but um, yeah. for me as a fan, I just remember that one angle with Beefcake. Yeah, not too familiar with him as well. We will dive deeper on his birthday, though. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. We will. We will. Do, we will be doing our homework then. Yeah. So that about does it with our birthdays and our death days this week. Um, not too bad, if I say so myself. Now let's move on to this day. The magic school March. bus. The does buffet is filled in the middle of the school bus, and everybody's on seats. And uh, <laughs> and they're just chowing down on the years. Yeah. And the, fir the, 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 the first meal on this buffet comes to us from 1981 from WWF All-Star Wrestling. Um, for me, um, the highlight of this was when Pat Patterson accepted the $5,000 Cobra Clutch Challenge oh, yeah. from Sergeant Slaughter. Yep. Um, crowd was red hot for it, man. I was like, I was like, it was awesome. And it was, you know, there's a small little studio, Allentown, Pennsylvania. Um, but that crowd made you, made it sound like you were in, you know, a building that had 20,000 seats. Yeah, I have um, a little rundown. Um, we, we cut to black and white during a colored TV show. And, uh, it says, yeah, I saw this that has too. presentation of technical difficulties. So, okay. Like. I, I don't know if this is because of the blood or not, you know? Like, what do you think? What's that? The black and white part. Um, I would imagine it was probably just some sort of, like, you know, at the time with technology and, and, and television that it was just some sort Glitch of... Uh, on that 
on that yeah, very a, a notable of... on this very notable. Maybe that's why it's not too notable, but I mean, it, it, it was something I. Do you think? Want... Do you think that's the case because Patterson did the blade job in the segment and they just kept it on black and white? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like in 1981, oh. you know. Okay. Maybe I don't know. That's interesting. That's but, an interesting take. It could be. Yeah, it's 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 Sergeant Slaughter going against Black Demon for the challenge first. Black Demon leaves. He doesn't even want to do it, um, and he. You know, calls Pat Patterson yellow, and Pat Patterson gets up, takes off his blazer, takes off the tie, takes off everything. The fans are fucking going nuts at this point. Oh yeah. Um, he sit. Yeah, they're he, screaming. Yeah, he sits down, and the fans are like, like yelling Gomer at um, Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he locks it in. Pat Patterson runs towards the ropes, kicks off the top turnbuckle, and flips backwards while he's still in the Cobra, Cobra clutch. You know, that's like the million dollar lock hold with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart spot that he designed. Yes. You know. Yes, that is. Yeah. Uh, he he, he kind of does correct. it sloppy, but he flips back. They fall to the side. They get up again. Sergeant Slaughter gets thrown into the turnbuckle as, like, Pat Patterson ducks his head between the top and middle turnbuckle, and Sergeant Slaughter hits his head. Uh, that was I thought that was pretty cool way to, like, kind of, you know, back him up. And then they struggle, and he's, like, he's like powering out with his bare hands from that Cobra clutch. And all of a sudden, uh, Sergeant Slaughter just lets go and hits Pat with a knee and uh, to the gut. And uh, it's broken yeah. up, and then he hits him in the face with a wooden chair. Yes, that was pretty cool. And um, we saw at the end of that... Um like I said, Patterson wouldn't go down. Um, he wouldn't give up. Uh, he did everything he could to um, to try and you know keep the um, you know to to basically get out of it. Like I said, the feet on the ropes it reminded me a lot of the finish for WrestleMania Eight with Piper and and Brett. Um, the crowd was super into it. Like I said, it was a really fun segment and. Um, you know, Dominic Danucci, Rick Martel, and Tony Gurria would end up uh, making the save after they Slaughter would put the beat down. Yep. And Dominic wasn't wasn't uh, delivering any drop kicks. No, but uh, he was sure, he was hitting but, uh, Sergeant Slaughter in the face with the and the head with the wooden chair, and they kept cutting every time the impact would happen. So yeah, and Slaughter uh, was no selling it too. Yeah, and that's what I was wondering. Like, is this why it's black and white? Like, I'm not. You know, like I don't know. You know, certain yeah, edits. That and, makes you wonder. Yeah. You never know. But. But yeah, Pat raises his arms and he's bleeding and he's in the ring and it's pure madness, but the crowd is going wild. Um, I really recommend watching this. It's a moment in history uh, for WWF and then just a couple callbacks to spots like that have been used in separate ways. You know, the Cobra Clutch Challenge instead of like the Master Lock yeah. Challenge or like a Figure Four Challenge. Um, yeah. And then, you know... The five thousand dollars money on the line as well, and then uh, then even just like a breaking out of the submission, and then uh, you know that that way with the the turnover, the way Pat Patterson did it, um, that that later became the famous spot with um, Roddy and Brett, and then Brett and Austin. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. Brett and Austin did that same spot at Survivor Series in 96. Yeah. It was, um, it was, it was truly a fun moment. I, when you told me to go check it out when we were, uh, when I was doing, uh, some, taking some notes for this week's, uh, this week's show, um, like I said, really surprised that, you know, the, the, the amount of attention that it got um, from the fans, you know, like I said, it was a quick, you know, a quick slap to the face and Patterson was off to the races, you know, so certainly a lot of fun to watch and something that people should go out of their way to uh, to check out on the WWE Network, Definitely. March 7th, 1981. Definitely. And then at the end, it says this has been an intermedia production executive produced by Dennis Dunn. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. That's the father of Kevin Dunn. So, yeah. And that's started, where it all began. Started early in the 80s. Started yeah, early. In interesting. The 80s. Very yeah. interesting. And look where, look where Kevin Dunn is now. He's like the number three guy in all of WWE is the, is the, the executive producer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's truly amazing. Um, but yeah, that's that's that. Uh, you want to you want to continue with this day? Let's do it. Let's go to WCW NWA, uh, March seventh, nineteen eighty seven. All I gotta say is, Dick Murdoch is gonna have a heart attack from yelling so much in his promos, and he should not <laughs> be wearing a fucking golf shirt with wrestling trunks. Um, he's. He, like you said to me in text when I sent you the photos, uh, yeah, it, it looks like you and I getting ready to go to work. Yeah, that's that, that that's me every morning. Except I don't own a Copenhagen fucking baseball cap. Um, <laughs> that's for sure. But I have it on good authority that um, that there was a conversation regarding this issue right before Dick Murdoch went out there with, between him and Dusty Rhodes, and it went a little something like this. All right, Dickie, baby, it's time to go. We got to cut that promo. Jimmy Crockett, he's been up my ass all night trying to make sure that everything is tight and ready to go. So you got to go out there right now. You got to cut that promo with the little Russian and the big Russian and go out there and talk about how much you hate the American Dream, Dusty Rose, and go out there and get it over, baby. Dust, Dust, are you serious right now? I need to put all my pants Dickie, <laughs> nobody cares about you wearing your trousers, okay? If anything, you're going to go out there with that Copenhagen baseball cap, that golf shirt looking like an old lady nightgown sticking like garlic. You're going to let your little Dickie Murdoch hang out, and nobody's going to care. You know why? Because you're going to get it over, okay? <laughs> because in about two or three years, I'm going to go up to North, the North Tower with Vince McMahon, and he's going to tell me that i got to wear polka dots or a diaper and dance with a little short, fat black lady, and I'm going to get it over. You know why? Because I'm the American Dream Dusty Rose, baby. Get I'll say this much, Dickie Murdoch. You let your little Dickie Murdoch hang out, and I'll bet Dustin's college fund, even though he don't go to college, even though he'll never go to college, and he'll end up being old dust or gold dust or whatever you want to call it. I'll bet his college fund that if you go out there with your baseball cap, your golf shirt looking like an old lady moo moo, with your little Dickie Murdoch hanging out, that it's going to get over. <laughs> and you know why? Because I'm the American Dream Dusty Rose. <laughs> Very good. That's pretty much how that conversation went. Yeah, and then... Dick Murdoch went out and screamed and nearly had a heart attack. And then... Uh, yeah, he was sick and tired and 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 sick and tired of Nikita, dusty, dusty Nikita. Oh, my God. It was like making me stressed out. Uh, 
It was like a conversation between the UN, between Dick Murdoch and then Col Ivan Koloff with his with his shitty Russian mm -hmm, accent. Mm -hmm. You couldn't you couldn't make heads or tails of what the two of them were yeah. saying in that promo. But everybody's but yeah, getting, that was the highlight yeah, of the show. Yeah, for definitely me, right there. Dick Murdoch with no pa a pantsless Dick Murdoch, which might be a new character on this show. By the way, nice. I'm just gonna let you know that right now. I might be bringing out a Dick, a, a, not a Dickless Dick Murdoch, a pantsless Dick Murdoch <laughs> with his little Dick and Murdoch hanging out. That's right, baby. A Dickless Dick Murdoch, sticking like garlic. I'm sick and tired and sick and tired of not having a. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Dicky, you could be sick and tired of not having a Dicky, but. It's going to get over. <sighs> I promise you. It's going to so get over. So later in this episode, everybody's really gearing up for the Crockett Cup. Uh, Lex Luger has a match against a guy that looks strikingly like Velveteen Dream. Uh, uh, he's <laughs> yeah, he's winded, and he's one. like, Lex Luger's like, everyone wants to know why I'm the total package. <laughs> Let's start with background. Athletic background. Professional football, seven years. I retarded early. <laughs> Into professional wrestling, cause more lucrative. I was like, "All right." No, because he got caught. That's yeah. why. Because he couldn't hack it in football. No. But go ahead. But he said he was retarded early, and he went to professional wrestling because more lucrative. I'm also a caveman. Uh, yeah. Good stuff there, Lex. <laughs> He's still working up his promo. We'll wonder if he ever gets it right, huh? The shirt's too yeah. tight. Yeah. I mean. So later yeah. we get uh, somebody <laughs> named, have you ever seen this guy, Schwaska Watley? Mm, um, that's, uh, that's Pistol Pez Watley. Okay. He calls out Florida man yeah. Ron Simmons, and he's going to whoop him. He's too bad, sucker. You think uh, that's where Booker T got the sucker? No, I think uh, this is from the Warriors. Uh, or maybe he saw that, that Wayans movie, I'm going to get you, yeah. sucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a good spot here, Tony. I posted it on the Retromania page. Tony is in Baltimore at um, Sabatino's. And uh, he's running down the Crockett Card Cup. And it's, it's, it's weird. Because it's like... No, no, I'm sorry. Because he's outside in front of a restaurant yeah. promoting, promoting a car. Which, by the way, I have to ask you, being that you are from that area, um, is that place still yes, around? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Really? It is still Same original spot? Mm -hmm. On Fleet Street, everybody. Uh, yeah, so decent, I mean, kind of, all right, pizza spot. I guess it used to be better back in the day. But anyhow, everybody's eating at the table. Uh, Jimmy Crockett is playing like he just ate. He's a great seller for anything because he's like wiping his mouth off. He's like, mm, damn, there's like no food anywhere. But anyhow, they're like going <laughs> down the teams that are in the Crockett Cup. And it's it's a camera in front of a panel screen. And it's just somebody lifting a blanket slowly to announce the numbers. Okay, interesting. 80s production there, you know. <laughs> cheap WCW yeah. stuff. Um, yeah. And then Arn, Horse, Arn Anderson talks about Oli being in the Horseman and where he stands. And he says, Oli's too old. And he didn't see it in his eyes after Starcade 86, after they lost the tag team titles. And it was over for him. And Arn is always for Horseman. Then we get the NWA Junior Heavyweight Championship match this was the worst match i have ever seen in my fucking life laser tron 
<laughs> yeah, I know. There was a lot of shit on this show, Dude, I'll be honest with you. I what was... was that? But anyhow, yeah, Lasertron. I'll show a picture if anybody's familiar with Lasertron. Anybody wants to see it. <laughs> uh, Dusty and Nikita have a promo about the upcoming stuff. And Dusty says... He goes, I wake up every morning. He goes, Murdoch, my gut turns over every morning. And I bet it does. Uh, but he says, yeah. yeah, I look at scrapbooks of us and things that we used to do. They made scrapbooks? Really? Okay. Yeah, Dusty and, Dusty and Dick Murdoch after a night out drinking. You want to make a scrapbook. Come on, come on, Dickie. We got to go back to the room. We got to start scrapbooking, baby. That's right. We're going to be scrapbooking till we go. We're not going to be, we're going to be scrapbooking the whole time. That's not safe for Dusty will, Rose because right, he could get a paper cut. And then he's bleeding all over the place, baby. <laughs> Yeah, Dickie, I told you that picture's not going in the scrapbook, baby. I, we don't. Nobody wants to see a picture of you with the goat on top of the goat in the bar. If you know what I mean, baby. That, That's right. That was about it for this episode. They're just gearing up for Crockett Cup. Barry Windham has a priming match. Uh, he's ready for Ric Flair. He's going to face Ric Flair for the World Heavyweight Championship, and then Ronnie yes. and Jimmy Garvin have a tag team match. The brothers slash stepson. Why is he lying about it? He's he's trying to. Ageism. Yeah, I know that was yeah, yeah that was because didn't because didn't didn't we say on last week's show that they referred to Ronnie Garvin and brothers Jimmy Garvin uh, yeah they're Kate on TV but in real but didn't they in real life say didn't they acknowledge on TV that they were stepson and stepfather or were they acknowledged as brothers no on TV brothers real life okay real All life right. father I got a little confused there okay yeah gotcha. Okay, yeah, I was a little confused there, but okay. And why was Ronnie Garvin only the one wearing one half of the United States Tag Team title? Because his part, his part. That? Oh, that's the. All right, that's the thing that I really wanted to mention. Thank you so much, Dave. I love this because Ron Garvin and Barry Windham are the tag team champions. They beat Ole and Arn for the tag team championships at uh, Starcade, I think, or somewhere around that area, but. The, the main thing is, I like how they mixed up the main event guys with the tag team championships. Um, it made the yeah. tag team championships feel a lot larger, man. Uh, like Barry Windham just being one half of the tag team championship, uh, one half of the tag team champions, he was able to face Ric Flair just because of his, you know, caliber of win streaks. And that's when wins uh -huh. and losses mattered a lot. Ron Garvin has a feud going on right now, but he is still like, you know, the tag team champion. And then later this year, Ron Garvin will move towards the World Heavyweight Championship. So it, imagine it, now I'm glad you brought this up because let's think about this for a minute here. You, you, you said it at the beginning of your statement that, you know, it was a main event guy wearing a tag team title helped elevate the tag team championship. Imagine if the internet was around in 1987 to see this, the internet would lose their mind that someone in the main event was wearing a tag team title and, and, and watering in, 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 in internet terms or in IWC, you know, verbiage or lingo, or whatever you want to call it, they would say that like it's watering down the tag team championship or there's no tag, there's no tried and true tag teams anymore because I can't tell you how many times I see it on the internet now when they put two singles guys together that maybe have had some success, you know, 
further up the card in the tag team and eventually win the tag team titles and people complain about it. Imagine yeah. if the internet was around back in 87 to hear about Ron Garvin and Barry Windham, two guys who had worked the main event and been world champion. Well, it was different. The tag, tag teams team were more predominant because it was you were a tag team world heavyweight champion. That meant you, you yeah. and your partner were both heavyweight champions. It, it, we yeah. like we have we have we've we've come so far from that, um, where yeah. it's like tag team divisions. Like I get that, and but you can still mix them into the main event card, and I would be happy yeah. with that. Oh yeah. Um, I think I think WCW did a good job of that through through and through until the very end. Um, to be honest. Yeah. No, I, I, I would I would agree with you 100. percent They 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 utilized um, you know the, the their talents in a way um, that you know made there there were a lot of dumb decisions that they made you know over the course of their existence. But you know putting like Kevin Nash and Scott Hall together um, and putting them in the tag team division really helped boost to you know the the, the status of the tag team division Sting when they Lex. made their arrival. Yeah, Sting and Lex, another great example. Yeah, that's, you know, and it's funny that you say that because I was just thinking about some ideas for kicking out it too, which, you know what, now I got another idea here. Um, <laughs> at some point down the line, I plan on doing a show on like super alliances, super power type tag teams. Dusty um, Nikita. And the success. Uh, yeah, Dusty and Nikita or even, you know, the Mega Powers or yeah. the Rock and Sock Connection, you know, groups like, names like that, you know. I plan to do a show in the very near future on kicking out it too regarding that you you're you you got a spot in the co-host chair if you want it my friend i will take it um yeah well yeah just good stuff i i look forward to that episode because we will cover a lot more of uh why i feel that that is important to wrestling yeah, as a whole. Absolutely. Uh, let's move on with this day. World class championship wrestling. Not too much to see here, but Red River Jack, remember I told you it was Bruiser Brody under a mask? That is correct. He, I do remember that. He's all of a sudden beside Bruiser Brody, Bruiser Brody, and they're doing an interview trying to confuse Gary Hart. Oh, uh, interesting. It's just somebody like, else. That's never yeah. been done before. <laughs> Dusty and the Midnight Rider, yeah. Hulk Hogan and Mr. America. Mm -hmm. And then we get that appearance <laughs> Edging, of... Edging Christian, the Conquistadors, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then we get that, the, that appearance of Jeep Swinson, but he is fucking actually the size of a Jeep. He is a huge, intimidating dude. I gotta see uh, this. I gotta see this Jeep Swinson guy. Uh, he is managed by Gary Hart, of course. Um... Who didn't Gary Hart manage in world class? Right. <laughs> For real. Uh, the main event of this is Percy Pringle with his man, you know, Percy Pringle, who I kind of imitated right. earlier as Paul Bear. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah, he's blonde hair here. He's kind of like a Heenan ripoff. Or was he the original? Hmm. No, Bobby Heenan, because I read up. I read a, um, an interview once with Percy Pringle, but William Moody, uh, who we all know as Paul Bear, um, when he first came to, um, I believe, uh, WWF um, as Paul Bear, um, he had to dye his hair black and do all that, you know, to, to, to get away from the, the blonde hair. And he had told Bobby Heenan that he, 
you know, he patterned his managerial style and his look after him because he was such a big fan and Heenan was like that's flattering but you need to do something that stands out and makes you you wow. and not you like me well this is very and, reminiscent here uh then definitely yeah. uh it's percy pringle with maniac matt Bourne going against from queens new york the dingo warrior oh my god uh where does a dingo warrior come from i guess queens new york yeah <laughs> My father grew up in Queens. I'm going to have to ask him about that. Dad, you seen any dingo warriors when you were, you know, when you went to high school at, you know, 205 Bayside? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Uh, this is a match where Dad. dingo warrior gives Matt Bourne too much. Uh, he's selling a lot and getting beat down. And then Percy Pringle is using the cane and interfering on the outside. He's very reminiscent of Bobby Heenan, like you said here. Uh, it's a DQ, though, because Matt Bourne uses the cane, but Warrior grabs Percy Pringle and Matt Bourne and headbutts them together. Reminiscent, right? Yes. Yes, yes, certainly. Um, Dingo Warrior uh, couldn't give Matt Bourne enough, <laughs> in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I totally forgot that Dingo Warrior was uh, a, a part of world class championship wrestling. Wow, that's very uh, very interesting. Glad that glad that you brought that up, my friend. Yeah, and then we we end off WCCW with Gary Hart with Jeep Swinson and Mike Adias, and uh, Gary Hart is talking about Jeep Swinson going rip your head off. He says it just like that. Mike Adidas. Was his finishing move the shell top rope splash? <laughs> well, it, it actually wasn't. They, he, they had a lot. I spoke of this on a past uh, episode. They had a cease and desist, so they had to change it to Mike Adias. But he was a family friend. Adias. Not that great of a wrestler at all. But he was part of, like, the okay. Von Erich friends. And uh, he turned on them. And he had that match last week with... Mike Von Erich, who that was really quick, but Mike Adias challenges Mike Von Erich one more time. We'll see if that happens. Okay. All right. Mike Adias. Okay. All right. I'm learning something new every week with you with some of these names. Jeep Swinson and Mike Adias. Yeah, Mike Adias. I forgot the Dingo Warrior was in world class. And, you know, Dick Murdoch doesn't like wearing pants when he cuts a promo. <laughs> I mean, I'm fucking learning it all this week, man. My goodness. That's... I can't wait to find out what I can't wait to find out what's next week. Like, who wears their jock strap backwards when they're out there in the ring? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> That's what we do over next here. Week. That's what we do over here. Yeah. Marking out the this is cool. That's pretty cool. Uh, all right. WWF Monday Night Raw, smoking guns against Owen and Crush. Owen and Crush beat them. Then Jeff Jarrett beats Virgil. Doink beats a nobody. And Vince honors Chief J. Strongbow, Wahoo McDaniel. And Tatanka gets his headband and cries in the ring. Um. The opening match was good. Yes, uh, they were they were really selling the march to WrestleMania. Um, you know that 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 special that was going to air a week before WrestleMania, which I used to like those um, those special Sunday night. You know, it was uh, going to be you know, Crush to and Bret Hart in the main event, which I vividly yeah, was I think wrestle. I remember watching that. Okay, interesting. You know what they have on the WWE Network that you might like um, from 93? It was the, uh, I think it's the, the Countdown to Survivor Series, mm. which was a week prior, Survivor Series 1993. The main event was Bret Hart 
and Yokozuna, and they had it from two separate locations. So they had, like, um, Vince McMahon and I think... Um, Bobby Heenan on commentary for one, and then Gorilla Monsoon and Jim Ross on commentary for the other. Nice. Uh, but Bret Hart and Yokozuna for the title. It's on. The, it's like in the Hidden Gem section, but it was the, the countdown to Survivor Series 1993. And like I said, the main event was Bret and Yoko Very for the cool. title um, as a week prior to the 93 Survivor Series. But, uh, yeah, the, this show is based around building up the hype for not only WrestleMania, but that countdown special. Um, Luger was going to wrestle Gigolo Jimmy Del Rey of the Heavenly Bodies. Um like I said, that opening tag match was pretty good. Um, I Everything else was kind of crap, with the exception of the Tatanka ceremony. I didn't think I was going to like it, but um, the people were into it, and he cried, like, for real. Yeah. And they made they made it seem important for in a time when there was really nothing important in Meanwhile, 1994. Meanwhile, Sorry. Meanwhile, yeah. Wahoo I didn't McDaniel, know he made a p- fake one. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting there. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't realize he was a part of that too. Like until watching it, like I thought that was interesting because Wahoo is a big Crockett guy, of course. He also made an appearance on that NWA WCW show, tagging with Baron Von Raschke. Just to note, that's right too. Yeah, I forgot about that because there was a little shit on that NWA show. But overall, it was pretty much you know status quo for what you know the buildup was for WrestleMania on that um, on that card. Which, by the way, um, if I'm correct. Um, you know, that was the live airing, you know, cause they used to, when they taped raw, they would do like one live one and they would tape like the next three weeks, mm-hmm. um, after the live airing, I believe they taped the, the raw, the night after WrestleMania 10 in that same building on that same night. Oh, wow. Um, that's why yeah, the crowd was probably mistaken. hot. I mean, they were hot. Yeah. Yeah, no, they were pretty. Yeah, they were pretty into it, especially the tag match and uh, the the Tatanka ceremony. But everything else, like I said, was just kind of like, eh. yeah. And uh, but you know, that was that was a uh, you know, like I said, right towards you know, heading towards WrestleMania, just a couple weeks away. Um, the card was pretty much set and finalized at that point. I don't think there was any additions or any kind of changes to it um, going into that WrestleMania. So yeah, it was a it was a. Okay, Raw. Yeah, there was that Raw. All right, from last week, I I meant to, we posted it on the picture for last week's episode of the 28th from February. It's that 10-man tag. Does that happen? Not on the WrestleMania card, no. Um, That got bumped because the ladder match between Sean and Razor went over by like 10 minutes. They, they like put like 10 minutes added on and they had to bump it so they can give Brett and Yoko time um, at the end. Um, So that match doesn't happen um, or it happens on a pre-show? It, it, no, it doesn't. It happens on Raw, I think either the next night or the next week, I want to say. But I believe on the Raw that you're, I think on the Raw that you're referring to. That was last week. um, They announced that as a 10-man tag for for WrestleMania. They announced it, yeah. Yep, they announced it, and it never happened. And they even, like, the excuse they gave was, and this was pretty clever, too, um, at least for 1994 story storyline terms, um, but they cut to the back with Jarrett, the head shrinkers, IRS, and Rick Martell, and Afa, and they're all fighting over who's going to be the captain of the team. And they can't figure out who's going to be the captain. And then they cut to the cr- a crowd shot, and it's Vince McMahon saying, well, it looks like this match isn't going to happen because they can't figure out who's going to be the captain of the team. And then we get to the main event with Brett and Yoko. If you go back and watch right. WrestleMania 10, which 
which by the way, WrestleMania 10 special watch party commemorating the 25th anniversary of that event. It takes place in two weeks on March the 20th. I'm kicking out at two, have your WWE Network ready to go. We're going to watch that cover to cover. Mm -hmm. Me and my buddy Jamie Garabedian had a lot of fun recording that, so be on the lookout for that. Awesome. Um, Can't wait. You know, in the coming weeks on kicking out at two. Yeah, can't yeah, wait to hear that. It was a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah, I was doing looking it. forward to that match, kind of. Uh, you know. Really? I don't know. One, two, three, kid. I want Sean. I, <laughs> I, I think one, two, three, kid should go into the Hall of Fame. You think he can? Are you excited that he's going in with DX no. and X Pac? No. You think he should, I think he should really? go in as one, two, three, kid. Really? Yes. That's interesting. I think he was That's that influential and that important to the WWF style. Oh, I would I, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Don't get me wrong, I do. And people probably remember him as one, two, three kid on par is what they remember that he did as X Pac mm -hmm. and DX, but DX also had the bigger impact, so yeah. I mean, you kind of got to go with what's going to sell the tickets, you know what I sure. mean? But, but that's I, interesting I want him to go that's in by himself. That's interesting you say that. Yeah. Or Sean Moore. Oh, you would? You, you... Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Interesting. You know. Okay. But WWF would be like, he's the one, two, three kid, goddammit. Well, that's like what they did a few years ago Diesel. when they put in Scott Hall as Razor Ramon. Yeah, and they didn't. And, and Nash refused to go in his Diesel. He was like, "No, put me in his Kevin Nash," um, which is interesting. But look, yeah. I so, held the WCW the title, the motherfucker. Look, what are you gonna do? Yeah, exactly. I booked it that way, but whatever. <laughs> that's that's up for debate. I know. Man. I know. We've talked about I know, that. Know. That's up for debate. All right, let's uh, <laughs> let's go to uh, ECW 1995 real quick. Shane Douglas and Cactus Jack. He's all over this yeah, show. Yeah, he's, he's going to team up with Cactus Jack to go against Sandman and Terry Funk eventually uh, because they attacked Cactus Jack last week. And Terry Funk and Sandman and Woman are a crew. And, uh, yep. and Terry Funk mentions, do you know who Dewey is? Oh, yeah, that's Do right. he have that's any right. brains? <laughs> yeah, pretty good spot there. I like that. But uh, yeah. he says Cactus Jack is trying to be because Funk's a rocket scientist himself. Yeah, with all the chair shots he's taking. True. <laughs> he insults Cactus Jack, saying uh, he'll never be the next him. Uh, he doesn't know a single wrestling move, and he's just a fat pig. Mm. Oh God! Yeah, I remember that. Wow. And then. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Dreamer has a perspective about the whole situation. I like this little production, though. It's like a it's like another wrestler being involved, but giving you a their inspector their perspective of yeah. the whole situation. It was very cool. Yeah, I thought it was well put together. You know how he talked about being the victim of you know um, these issues between these two. Um, you know that Douglas really this whole ball really started rolling when Douglas turned on him two years prior um, in a tag match. So I mean, yeah, that was a that was a, that was a that was a pretty well put together segment. Um, you know, a little retrospective from Tommy Dreamer. I kind of liked it. I definitely agree. Then we have the main event. Shane Douglas defends his ECW championship against Tully Blanchard in 1995. <sighs> yeah. What'd you think of this match? It was okay. 
Uh, Tully tried okay. as much as he could, but uh, it, there was a lot. Of, it, I, I just feel like it could have gotten to another gear, you know? And in, They didn't give like, it wasn't enough time, like you felt like it could have used more yeah, time? Yeah, and it could have maybe gotten to another gear, but I think Tully was blown up, to be honest with you. You know, um, I kind of noticed that too, I'll be honest with you. Um, I like this match. Even though it was short and it was what it was, it was a nice... Uh, it was an NWA-style uh, match. Yeah, but it kind of had the ECW flavor to it as well. Yes. Like It was a modern version of that time of, of an NWA-style match. Like, you know, Tully represented that old school that even though ECW fans respected it, they still wanted to, you know, cheer their ECW faithful like Shane Douglas. And, you know, Joey Styles on commentary was like, you know, this crowd's behind the franchise. I call bullshit on that because they were pretty split between the two of them, in my opinion, throughout the course of that match. Tully was giving it back to Shane and, you know, the crowd was getting into it with him there. They weren't chanting Tully's name, but when Tully was doing something, they reacted to it strongly in a very positive way. And I liked the match. It was what it was. It was short. um, But the... Yeah, but the it was, finish. It was it was fun little de- it was fun little match yeah. to watch. And the finish was like uh, NWA style. Uh, Tully Blanchard goes to suplex Shane inside the ring from the apron. Shane just falls on him. One, two, three. Um, yeah, I, I like that. I, I agree. I would definitely recommend to go. I was gonna. I was iffy on whether I would recommend. I would recommend to go watch this. This is a gem to see Tully Blanchard in 1995 against Shane Douglas. And that's rare for me to say. But, yeah. Yeah. You know, like he was was known for being a very technical, um, you know, Matt technician in in his in his uh, his prime years um, for Crockett, but um, seeing Tully you know brawl like this um, in that environment with ECW, um, it was a it was a welcome addition. That's for sure. When I when I was watching it, and I was like, oh wow, this is cool. And I'm a big Tully Blanchard guy. I love Tully. Um, he was probably like him and Arn Anderson, probably the two the two first bad guys I actually took a liking to as a kid. Nice. Um, and I was a big fan of you know Tully and Arn as a team. And seeing Tully in this in ECW '95, yeah, a little winded, like you said, but um, it resembled a brawl. I mean. Not saying that like I've been in a lot of fights, but I've been in a few scraps no, over right. the years. It, and, it would seem you know, like a struggle and, and you, between you, the guys. Now that you say you, it, you get yeah. winded. You no, know what I, I mean, no, like, I get take, it. I've it's not even about the winded. They guys. were struggling with each other. You know, it was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, definitely, I would recommend that then. Um, and that was about it for that episode. Yeah. Yeah, that was about it. And uh, we move along this day. We kind of make a jump. Um, and, and maybe I'm jumping ahead here, but um, a, a new addition to this uh, to this buffet this week on this Magic School Bus. Um, we jumped to 2002, even though we kind of capped our years off at 20 years. We said um, memorable or uh, hand birth moments. Yeah. Well, no, that was yeah. last week. Yeah, but, we gave yeah we gave birth to a hand. But last if it week. ever happens but, yeah, again, no memorable moments. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, talking about memorable moments, um, 2002 SmackDown uh, was a live episode on a Thursday because normally they taped on Tuesdays and aired on Thursdays, but this was live as they were heading towards WrestleMania 18. Um, this was a pretty fun show to go back. I remember watching this in college with a buddy of mine at his house, and uh, it was a really fun show to watch. Um, the show opened with uh, Ric Flair basically calling out Undertaker and saying he's going to accept his challenge for WrestleMania because in the weeks prior, Undertaker had um, baited Ric Flair and tried to get him to agree to a match. He attacked Arn Anderson. Mm -hmm. He attacked David Flair. Rick had enough, and he said, I want you at WrestleMania. You know, I'm going to give it to you. Undertaker comes out and says, you know what? Let me think about this. I might have changed my mind. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it drew, like, a lot of heat from the crowd. Like, they were booing him, like, big That's time. Awesome. Um, he says, I'll let you. He goes, I'll let you know later on. Um, and later on, uh, Undertaker would have a match, and he would uh, he would destroy Al Snow and Maven in a handicap match, only for Flair to come out. And the two of them would brawl around ringside, and Flair would dump Taker over the guardrail out into the floor. Flair goes to take a shot at Undertaker. He ducks, and Flair nails a fan and then chases after Undertaker. And then we go to commercial and come back. Flair's in his dressing room, and... Uh, you know, the the police arrive and they say that they have no choice, but they have to arrest Ric Flair for assault. And the kid who got punched in the face um, pressed charges, I guess. Uh, and that kid ended up being Paul London ah. um, as he worked as an extra. And then they show they show Flair getting cuffed and. You know, leaves and then out of the out of the corner comes the Undertaker, just kind of watching, and he was behind the whole thing. So um, the Flair Undertaker stuff was really good thread throughout this show. Um, other notable uh, other notable uh, things regarding this show was um, uh, it wasn't notable at the time, but I thought this was pretty funny going back and watching it. But um, Booker T and Edge had a rivalry over um, who was going to get a Japanese shampoo endorsement oh deal. And I remember this. Yeah, so th there was a match with Booker T and Tajiri, and it was set up when Tajiri was in the makeup area with Tori Wilson, and Booker T had was talking to him about being snubbed for this shampoo endorsement deal. And Tajiri says, your hair look like buckwheat on oh. crack. And, <laughs> and then that set up the match, and that was about it. But the, 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 the main focus of this show also was The Rock's return to SmackDown because The Rock was um, attacked by Hulk Hogan and the NWO the night after the No Way Out pay-per-view, and they took the semi-truck and rammed it into the ambulance and, you know, causing, you know— serious injuries to the rock the rock came out without missing a beat and barely a band-aid on <laughs> really really sold that injury but he came out red hot crowd was red hot just talking about wanting a piece of hogan not waiting till wrestlemania uh nwo come out and hogan says you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give you the time of day right now but scott hall will certainly do so Dude, brother i can't do that but uh, my my buddy scott can yeah that's not gonna work for me brother um so yeah, the uh, the main event comes and you know uh, Scott Hall's out and uh, you know against The Rock and they have their back and forth and the NWO jumps in and gets involved and out of nowhere, boom! The glass breaks and it's Stone Cold Steve Austin saving The Rock, uh, clean him and The Rock clean house against the NWO, resulting in Vince McMahon to then make an appearance no um, at the end of the show. Oh, I love this episode. Uh, man. And, 
and he and he and he books the um, the main event for the following uh, Monday's Raw, which is Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock against the NWO in a handicap match. Which I was at that time, I was so pumped because it was like, you know, the the some of the biggest stars in wrestling yep. in in one match, like yep. you know. The NWO, Stone Cold and The Rock, like the the cornerstones and the foundations of the of wrestling in the late '90s, like Dude. all in one ring. It was yep. just, it, it was so cool. I couldn't wait for and that. I really role. wanted um, Stone Cold to take out the NWO, all the yeah. way to Hulk Hogan, yeah. which never fucking happened. Yeah, I know. I was I was pretty bummed about that one too. I'm not gonna lie. I was really but not that not that I didn't like Rock and Hogan because I certainly did. But um, I really wanted Hogan and Austin um, one time at least. Yep. You know, kind of the, the same you know icon icon kind of setup that they but did. Really, with Hogan and realistically, Rock. how am I gonna get into that stunner? Can't do it. Uh, my body can't do it. So we can't do yeah, the match, brother, dude. I don't know, but. Brutus, Brutus Beefcake, he might. He, yeah, he, I got he, a he guy can who can. Stunner, brother. He's Scott or Brutus. The beefer, he's, yeah, the beefer, he could sell that stunner, brother. Maybe even Jimmy Hart. A little, little pip squeak. He's, he's, he's known to take a bump or two, Dude, brother. he'll bump all uh, around yeah, for you. We'll make a million bucks. <laughs> DQ finish. Yeah. How about a count out? He'll bump for you. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Hart will bump for him, and then he will, uh, he will go out of his way to, um, he will go out of his way to promote his, uh, his Hall of Fame bar and tiki deck in Daytona Beach, Florida. Yeah. As he takes the stunner. You know where you can get you know where you can get a stone cold stunner, baby? You can go to Jimmy Hart's Hall of Fame Bar and Tiki Deck. We got beers and cans. We got the NFL Sunday package. We got it all. Jimmy Hart's Hall of Fame Bar and Tiki Deck over in Daytona Beach. <laughs> a one-man plug machine right there, the mouth of South Jimmy Hart. So yeah, that was about it when it came to that episode of SmackDown. And <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> Does that do it for the day, or you got more? I, that's about it for me. Do you have anything else? No, man. This was. Um, oh, actually, was oh, sorry, quick ride sorry, Mar- sorry. One last thing. No, go for it. Guess who laser Tron I'm dying was. over here. <coughs> oh God, I gotta know who was it. No, you have to guess. Um, Brad Armstrong. No, he was too big to be Brad Armstrong. Um, <coughs> I will I give you a. Eddie I will Gilbert? give you a clue. He once came out of. Are you okay? Are you gonna be okay? Yeah. Sorry. Dude. No, you're fine. I went down the wrong pipe. <laughs> I'm dying over here. This is this is my, this is the big one. Oh no, Elizabeth, this is the big We're one. We're gonna get it live on the podcast, <laughs> folks. Um. Okay. He he once came out of an egg. Stop. It was Gory Guerrero or Hector Guerrero? Hector Guerrero. Really? That poor son of a bitch is so talented in the ring, but he's ugly as sin. They got to keep putting him under a fucking gimmick. Laser Tron. Man. Laser Tron, the gobbledygooker. What's fucking next? My goodness. That was it. As I'm I'm back to life, I apologize for that. That coffee. Well, you can thank thank, uh, Hector Guerrero for that to get you back to life. He shocked you into yeah the laser tron he, yeah the exactly. laser the, the laser the, tr- the gobbledygooker laser tron himself. Hey laser Hector, <laughs> get over here! Come say that! Come say that essay! Yeah, that's right. I'm talking to you, Hector <laughs> Tron. Come on over. 
Hector Grr. Come on, Hector Chan. Come over there. Put put some chuck chuck him. Chuck him to life, I say. You know what I mean, man? Give him the give him the turkey neck. Give him the turkey neck too. Yeah, give him the gobble gooko turkey neck and then laser. Give him that mouth to mouth essay. I think we are done for the day. Everybody, uh, thanks for joining us. As always, you can write to us at retromaniapodcast at gmail.com. You can find us at Retromania on Facebook. You can always find us on Podbean coming up soon. Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. That's going to be kicking out at two. The Running and everything else. Gaijin Wrestling Radio. Hulkamania is dead. Over on Podbean. WrestleMania weekend. We are launching on Podbean. So stay tuned. Get ready for that. Stay tuned. That week, that weekend, Thursday, I think we are launching. Correct, Dave? I believe so. Yeah, Thursday, April the 4th. We are going to celebrate 20... 26, 26, 26 years to the day on Marking Out the Days. We're going to do a special edition of Marking Out the Days where we're going to just cover WrestleMania 9. That's right. We're going to go from beginning to end and give you our thoughts on one of the worst WrestleManias in all of history. The following day, we're going to bring you on Friday our uh, WrestleMania Top 10 Countdown. Kobe had 10 WrestleManias. I got 10 WrestleManias. We go back and forth and discuss our Top 10 WrestleManias of all time and why. And then Saturday morning... Gaijin Wrestling Radio, we're going to be recapping NXT TakeOver from the night before. We're going to give you our thoughts and analysis on, analysis I should say, on the NXT TakeOver event and what's to come, which is pretty interesting because uh, as of this date, uh, Tommaso Ciampa, unfortunately, yeah. will have to vacate the NXT title with uh, due to a neck injury. He's going to be having surgery. So I'm kind of curious as to now how the card's going to shape out. There's probably a lot of moving around they're yeah, going to have to do to make that event special. And how that but. changes the story and trajectory of one Johnny Gargano as well. That's another interesting take, too. Yeah, where does Johnny Gargano land from here? Because the two of them have been you know, linked at the hip for so long. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to cover NXT TakeOver uh, Blacklist on Saturday, April the 6th. And then Sunday, April the 7th, we're going to be giving you guys a Hall of Fame recap where Kobe and I are going to discuss our... Um, thoughts on the wwe hall of fame induction ceremony as well as uh giving you guys a quick little preview some quick picks on wrestlemania 35 and 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 what we look forward to with that kicking out of two is also going to have some bonus content wrestlemania sunday i'm going to be dropping a, a, a some special bonus content for wrestlemania sunday as well you can find that over at podbean as well as soundcloud.com and the kicking out of two social media pages i'm going to have more wrestlemania bonus related content in the coming weeks on kicking out of two so be on the lookout for that we got a lot rolling out for this retro mania pro wrestling podcast network and i'm really looking forward Definitely to it man. me too and, and as always we will be a free podcast but i strive for us to be like a public access podcast where it's it's listener funded uh and what we want to do is like like dave's hoodie the kicking out at two that's beautiful as well might i add we want to do something with Thank Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network where we can raise money for the network to where we can host for a year for free and, uh, you know, we can give you all the content and we can give you more time and wrestling podcast for your earbuds. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. So be on the lookout um, as this journey rolls on with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network as to uh, how you can uh, donate and contribute to all the fun that we will be having and that hopefully you'll be having too with the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. And Cole, I think that about does it this definitely, week. Definitely, dude. Enjoy it. Uh, hopefully it warms up within the next week that we discuss the next day, which is March the uh, 14th. That's right, March the 14th, we're going to be covering, we got a lot to cover, WrestleMania 20 from 2014, WCW Uncensored 1997, we have a, a, a Saturday night's main event from 1987, um, from March the 14th, I believe it's the um, the, the infamous uh, Hogan and Andre uh, face-off in the, the over-the-top rope battle royal, we got some birthdays going on, um, I believe Adam Bomb and uh, Iron Chick oh, number one. Fuck me, I'm make you Jabroni. Yeah, Santino Morella also has a birthday, so we got a lot awesome. going on next week. And uh, hopefully, I don't die in the <sighs> middle of the uh, broadcast. And uh, maybe, maybe we get a uh, we we get a. Um, a cameo from uh, Lil Dickie Murdoch, oh, maybe. That's right. With the Copenhagen baseball cap and the golf shirt looking like an old lady thinking like garlic, if you will. Gonna get it over. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Hopefully you don't die. And uh, we see you. We see you next week. Adios. Thanks, Dave. <laughs>